0: You're listening to Life Church podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. this morning. Um, next week, we're going to, to maybe do some unique things with you, but we're also going to start a series on uh, the book of Colossians, and uh, we're going to we're going to just really delve into the book and stay in it for quite some time. So uh, it'll be the summer of Colossians. Okay. And uh, So I think you'll enjoy that. Uh, It'll be maybe some more of a teaching format for some of it, a preaching for some of it. Uh, We'll give you some times to interact and and have discussion and things like that. But we we feel like that Colossians is a really good book. It's very compatible uh, to this year of equipping. And so we're going to just take you through it. So get into your Bibles. Um, maybe some of you want to get into some commentaries or those kinds of things and, and start studying um, some of the life groups. They're going to start talking about Colossians in their life groups and, 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 and working with it there as well. So uh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a good time. Um, so this morning, let us talk to you a little bit more about serving. I've been very convicted by these, these this series of messages over the last weeks, it's really grabbed my heart, really gripped me uh, personally and uh, I pray that, that today is no different and uh, I'm going I'm to attempt that, I'm going to attempt to just grab your heart today, I'm going to attempt to just really get in there and, and grip you with the gospel and when I say I, I mean that from the standpoint of I pray that the Holy Spirit will do that through me today. All right. It isn't. It isn't a place of me trying to control you, or to manipulate you, or to coerce in any way your emotions to get you to respond to something and thereby do something that isn't in you to do. All right. It is simply to say that today I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to grip all of us. All right. The Holy Spirit wants to grab a hold of us and and really uh, challenge us today. Uh, in the conclusion of this series on serving. And uh, so with that, um, let's, just, let's just jump into this thing a little bit. Okay, I want to take you into Matthew chapter 20. This is a passage we've already covered and a lot of what I'm going to give you scripturally today are, are, are passages that we have been looking at over these several weeks. Um, but I want to take you into um, chapter 20 of the book of Matthew and uh, let you find that and, uh, and then that's kind of where we're going to begin. Do, do you ever, do you ever, like, people send you things on the internet, like on your email? You get, you get emails from people and they just tell you, like, dumb jokes or you get dumb pictures or things like that. Any you ever, you don't get, uh, yeah, everybody's going, yeah, i you're thinking of some right away as you do that. I get them. I get a lot of them. I get, I get things I shouldn't get, you know, uh, but, I, I, it's amazing what people send over the internet, um, but, um, there's, there's, I've got, I got a little group of like dumb jokes, you know, that I just, thought, I, I get it, I read it, and I go, well, that's really dumb. Why they send me that, you know? Um, so he, he, here, here's some of my dumb, dumb jokes that I get by email. All right, what do you call a chicken crossing the road? Poultry in motion. Nah. What do you call a boomerang that doesn't work? Aha, uh-huh, you got the same email. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> did you send me that email? <laughs> what do you call four bullfighters in quicksand? Cuatro cinco. <laughs> pretty, pretty good, Jose? I mean, do I do all right? It's okay? All right? Okay. All right. This is my favorite bad joke. All right, my favorite bad joke. What do, where do you find a dog with no legs? Right where you left him. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for you, pet people. Okay. All right. What do you call cheese that isn't yours? Nacho cheese. You got. Uh, you, see, these emails get around. Millions of people have read this junk. All right. What do you call a man who falls into an upholstery machine? Fully recovered. (laughs) Last one. Last one. (laughs) What do you call a Christian who isn't serving? A contradiction. That's no joke, that's reality but it's still bad. I want to challenge you and I that we never live a contradictory life as believers as much as possible. As was prayed earlier in the worship uh, for our moms, none of us are perfect. None of us have arrived at perfection, but there is a place where we need to live congruent with what we testify of what we teach about, what we preach about, what we sing about, what we declare to one another. And I want to challenge you and I. This morning, we're going to bring a close to this series of, of equipping to serve. Um, after we got into this series, I thought, man, a great title would have been improve your serve. Um, I started taking tennis lessons uh, a few weeks back. About, about the time we started this series, I started taking tennis lessons. So I pay someone to teach me how to play tennis, because I had never really played tennis. Carissa and I would go out on the court, and we would try to hit balls back and forth to each other, and that was quite a sight sometimes for the two of us to do that. Uh, So I decided that I needed to take tennis lessons. I'm getting old. Okay, yesterday was my birthday, and I turned 58 years old. And so I decided, with the help of some advice from other people, that maybe I need to think about the future, not right now, but the future will be to not run so much and uh, and maybe do something that, that is a little bit not quite so demanding on, on my physical body. So I'm, I'm taking tennis lessons. Well, I thought, you know, one of the easiest things in the world would be to serve that ball. You know, all you got to do is throw it up and hit it and get it across that net. It is absolutely the hardest part. And they saved it till the last so that I wouldn't get like, like, disappointed or frustrated, so they let me hit balls across, and, and, and they, they, we did all of this, this stuff, and I, I, I caught on, and I got, I got a good percentage of, of return of the balls and all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, Someone helped me get a, a really nice racket, very cheap, and, and so I'm, I'm set, and I got my little bag, put my racket in, I got all of that, and third lesson in, my instructor says, now we're going we're gonna to look at serving. And by the end of it, I wanted to cry, all right? I wanted to cry because it is so hard to serve a tennis ball right, correctly, all right? And I, I, I say all of that to say this. I, I think that, that as a church, we are saturated with servers. We've got people who want to serve. I was eager to get on the court and serve a tennis ball. Uh, how hard can this be? You know, it can't be that big of a deal. You throw the ball up, you know. You hit the ball with the racket. It goes across the net. It can't be that hard, all right. I, I, I get like two out of every 10 attempts, I get the ball across the net because I don't do it right. And so now I have to relearn how to serve. And so now I'm trying to learn how to, how to put that ball way out there and throw it up and be ready over here and reach up, not out and come up and swing down and all that kind of stuff, you know, and I'm starting to get it a little bit, but it's still very, very challenging and it's very frustrating. And I, I think that, that all of us, and, and, and I, I'm including myself in this, we can, we can sort of ratchet up our servanthood quotient a bit, you know, we can get better at this. So I think we can all improve our serve, all right? And so we've talked to you about serving uh, and, 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 and having a servant heart, you know, preparing your own heart, getting your heart ready to serve. We've talked to you about serving in your own home. And, 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 and making the home a priority uh, for for servitude and keeping that spirit of humility within your own home and preferring one another and, and, and husbands taking a, a step up and stand up in the lead there in, the, in your home. Pastor Dave did a wonderful job last week of talking to you about serving in the church, in the house. We have the needs board in the back now where people can put needs up and we're going to be putting on on uh, our, our, our website and, and Facebook from time to time some particular needs that we have as a church alright uh, we, we want to be able to finish off this room and, and, and we're going to start working on, on painting this next week probably or so and so there's, there's a lot of needs that we have here and, and there are ways to serve within the context of the church and not just laborious or task oriented kinds of things but helping with our children's ministry is huge right now uh, that's an area that we really want to work on. Uh, being willing to step up and say, hey, I'll, be, I'll lead a life group. Uh, things like, there's, there's so many things that, that are ways that we can serve, okay? So, so I think we can all do that, all right? But, but to in, in order to improve our serve, I think that we have got to seek the Savior, Jesus, all right? And we've got to use Him as our master model. He has to, to be the model for us, all right? And, and so, uh, he, here's the thing, guys. You and I have been redeemed for a reason, for a purpose. And I don't want you to lose that. I want you to grab a hold of that and let that get ingrained inside of you. And we learned, you know, in the, in the last few weeks that, that we've been converted for the cause of the Great Commission. You know, we, we, we have a responsibility. Another way to say all of that in, in simple terms is to say, I'm saved to serve. And I hope that that gets ingrained inside of you. You're saved to serve. God has called you to be a servant, all right? And so I want to take you into this passage in, uh, in Matthew chapter 20. And I'd like for us to just read through this together here. And then I want to respond to it just a little bit, okay? Okay. Beginning in verse 20, it says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down asked a favor of him. What is it you want, he asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit on your right and the other on your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink this cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. And Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup. But to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard this, or heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. Pastor Dave gave us a wonderful, wonderful message last week about serving in-house and serving one another in the body of Christ. And I would, I would like to, to pull something in here with this particular passage here, okay? And I would like to take you over very quickly to Acts chapter 2. And I would like to take note of something in Acts chapter 2 and then come right back to this particular passage here and talk about it for just a few minutes here, Okay. So we have, we have two main passages, guys, that we're kind of looking at today. We're going to look at this passage from Matthew chapter 20, alright? So Matthew chapter 20, beginning at verse 20, reading down through this, this section of these two brothers wanting to have position uh, of authority in the kingdom, uh, but we're also going to just turn over here to Acts, and we're going to look at Acts chapter 2, and we're going to begin at verse 42, Now, if you open your Bibles and you look at that, it might say something like the fellowship of the believers, something like that might be a title over this little section, all right? And this is a description of what goes on in the life of the church, all right? Let's listen to it, please. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need and had posted it on the needs board. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And I love this conclusion to this little little passage and the lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved isn't that amazing they were they were gathering they were in community they had fellowship together they were taking care of one another they were happy they were joyful it seems like a very very beautiful picture uh, all of this thing thing that's going on here in this dynamic But at the end of it, it was all with the intent and purpose, I believe, that others should come to know Jesus as Savior. And so I think that we need to continue to be life-giving. I think we need to continue to develop our church services uh, to be exciting and dynamic. Uh, Pastor Dave and I need to work on the skills of preaching and teaching the the Word of God. Uh, We need to be able to pray more and, and, and understand our vision. We need to be able to cast that vision to you. You need to be able to understand that vision and grab a hold of it and say, Hey, I can run with that. We need to be doing all of that in the context of fellowship and community. We need to have joy. We need to be be eating together some really good food with each other and sharing that food with one another. We need to be taking care of each other with an open ear, listening to who might have a particular need. And am I the one God that needs to help take care of that need in that person's life? All those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, all of that in and of itself is not it. It is that they are being added daily to the kingdom. And so ultimately our goal is that we would win the lost, all right, and that we would disciple them. Pastor Dave and I were talking about this uh, earlier in the week, and we were, we were talking uh, about this, this idea of evangelizing. And, and I said to him, you know, I, I, I'm with you 100%, but the Bible doesn't really say uh, go out and evangelize, all right? It says you'll be a witness, but it says go and make disciples, And I said, I think the litmus test for us is not people getting saved, but the litmus test is people getting discipled, people growing, people getting plugged in and growing and maturing in the body of Christ, all right? And so I want to challenge us that we we live out of that. So I want to give you uh, uh, several little statements here, and then I I want to talk about maybe about three or four ways we could become better servants and what that looks like in the community, all right? So today it's all about out there, all right? Okay, so if someone asks you to describe the values and the mission of life church, could you do that? Be, be real honest, alright? You're not going to offend me, our Pastor Dave. We're we're sort of wrestling with this right now, alright? So, in the room right now, if you feel like that you could sort of articulate a little bit. Of the mission and the vision of Life Church, would you raise your hand? If you can't, it's okay. This is not a failed thing, all right. You, you think you can do that, all right? See, we have a few of you. We have a few of you, but not a lot of you, all right. That's not an indictment against you in any way, all right. We got to do better at getting this this understanding to you, all right. That's that's a big part of our job, and uh, and and we're we're really. Um, we're after that right now, so we're hoping to be able to better do that in, in, the, in the weeks ahead, all right? I told Pastor Dave, I want by the fall of the year that, that we can all together just, just be able to just say, this is, what, this is who we are, this is what we do. This is who we are, this is what we do. To anybody who asks, and no matter who they ask, they're going to get pretty close to the same thing from us, all right? But here, here are some things, all right? I, I believe that, that we need to be able to say that we are seeking to fulfill the Great Commission and the Great uh, com- Commandment. All right? Love the Lord your God. All right? We, we, need to, we need to love God and glorify God above everything else. But then we need to be about the Great Commission, and that is go and make disciples. All right? Now, under that, we, we have a number of things that, that we can do, and, and we, we're going to give you the sort of the vision statement of all of that here uh, soon. Um, but the idea, and we've been working on that forever, you know, and we haven't gotten it to you yet, all right? Uh, so, you know, not, not too bad of pastors, but doggone it, we, we, we just haven't, we haven't gotten that clearly defined to you yet uh, as a body. And the evidence of that is that not a lot of hands went up, okay? So, we've got to work on that, all right? And we are, we are working on that. But here's the thing. There are some things that need to be going on in life, church all the time, and I think they are going on, and I want to encourage you to be a part of them, all right? There is instructing in God's Word. Thus, discipleship class starting again in in July, all right? Everyone should go out and sign on that sheet of paper, and everyone should be here for the month of July for discipleship classes, you know? And you smile and say, well, do you realize that that's July, and that's the middle of the summer, and that's a busy time? You know what? I'm going to be quite blunt and quite forceful with you this morning if you are too busy to learn about God you are just too doggone busy all right and I know you have vacations and I know you have family events and those things and you need some of that kind of stuff but you need to be in God's house learning God's word so that you can do what God has called you to do because God didn't tell you to go to the park and play ball he didn't tell you to go water skiing he didn't tell you to do a lot of those other things that you and I do and we love doing and we're going to keep doing them but he said go and make disciples And so at the front end of what you do, there needs to be some sense of purpose that comes out of God's heart, not just out of your soul and the longing to do fun things and have a good time. Remember, Pastor Dave and I both are from fun country. We're not having a problem with fun, all right? That is not an issue for us at all. We want you to have fun, but at the same time, we want to grow. We want to be the kind of church that can reach people and disciple them. Mobilizing for ministry. We're trying to get you out in the neighborhood. Pastor Dave has come up with this this very splendid, challenging idea that each life group will do an outreach uh, this year, and particularly, mostly in the summer. The young adult life group, we already grabbed one. We grabbed a big one. We're going to do the the Halloween outreach. We're going to be here on Halloween night and open this church up to a wonderful festival of games and fun for the city. And we're going to recruit a lot of you to to join us with that, okay? But, but th- th- that is out there, all right? Praying with faith. We are going to continue to build our prayer ministry. We're going to continue to pray. You can come on Monday nights to Harp and Bowl. You can come on Sunday nights to just regular prayer uh, with with a group that gathers here. Uh, Some of our elders pray some Fridays of of the month. Um, There are other opportunities to walk and pray in the neighborhood with, with individuals. We're going to give you more opportunities to do that. We're even going to help all of you to have a couple of opportunities on warm summer Sundays. To leave this room and we're all going to go out there and walk a little bit around our neighborhood. And pray a little bit together and come back and maybe talk about it in debrief. All right? Adoring God in worship. I love our worship. Um, I, we we want to in, increase the, the dynamic and the magnitude of worship in Life Church, and we want to make God the center of everything. Jesus is absolutely our model in everything that we do. Caring for one another another great value for Life Church, all right? That we really do care about each other and we have concerns for each other and we really do want to meet each other's needs, all right? Pastor Dave didn't create that board back there just to be cutesy. All right. And to say, well, we got one more thing that says, well, we look like a church. I don't want to look like a church. I want to be the church. All right. I want to I want to love and serve and and worship and all these things. And then another what I think is a real value for us is telling others the gospel. And I, I, I just I, I want us to be able to share in a very life giving lifestyle kind of way. Uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ with those around us and those that we encounter. All right. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 20 then, and let's look at this just a little bit. I want to I give you maybe about four things here that you can look at uh, about check, sort of checking your motive um, uh, for being a servant, all right? The first one is that, exactly that check your motives. When you are getting ready to serve outside of life church, and this is good for inside as well, but outside, check your motives, all right? Why would you want to serve? Why would you want to go out and serve outside of the church? Why would you want to go out and serve a lost individual? All right? We we need to to understand what it means to be the kind of servant that Jesus is calling us to be. All right? Look, Look back at verse 20 and 21. The mother of Zebedee, she comes... She's got her two sons with her. She kneels down or bows before the Lord and, and she asks a favor of him and uh, he immediately responds, you know, what is it that you want? Uh, and she had it just like that. Grant that one of these two sons of mine, one's going to sit on the left and one's going to sit on, on the right. Uh, now, you, you can go into a lot of what's going on here, but let me, let me try to just, just summarize it, all right? She pays great reverence to Jesus. She honors Him. She comes and she bows before Him. She honors Him and, and reverences Him. But, but in her heart, there is more than the desire to honor Jesus. Remember the sermon about what would you do if Jesus came down your street? And what would He do if He walked into your house? And how would you respond to Jesus? All you right, know. All right, She's there. All right. She's right there with him. And so she bows down before him and gives him the, this reverence. And then uh, he, he immediately what you know, what, what would you like? And, and she's got it right there. I want my sons on each side of you. I don't want them three down or, or four down or, or number six on this side and six on this. Side. I want them right there. I want them right next to you. Can you put my sons right there? She had a motive, an agenda, if you will, for something that was of her own desire. All right. It was a, a selfish or self-centered motive that she had there. And I want to challenge you and I because I think in our system the default system is selfishness. Pastor Dave brought that up to you in the first message in this series. Alright? And I you know, I, I have these programs on my computer and and there's default things, you know, and I change it and I go and I, I get it all set you know, and and for some reason I don't like do it the way that it's supposed to be done, and so the next time when I go in to do all this again, it's it's gone to a default mode, and so I lost everything, you know, and it's back the way it was, and so I got to go through all of that again, All right, I don't believe that God wants you and I going through this process of being refined and defined in humility over and over and over again. There's an old YWAM, uh, uh, saying, and it is, you know, when you go through the YWAM courses, if you don't get them right the first time, then you take another lap, meaning do it again. Keep taking a lap until you get it, all right? And that's kind of a, a, a philosophy they have. So if you didn't get it the first time, take a lap, try it again. If you didn't get it that time, take a lap, try it again. You stay right there until you get it, and then you move on. They build precept upon precept in their teaching and their training of missionaries, Okay. I don't believe that God wants us always going back to that default setting of selfishness or self centeredness. I believe that God wants us living out of a pure motive to serve in the neighborhood and beyond. All right? So I'm I'm asking you, check check your motives, improve your serve. All right? We've got to get beyond how does this affect me? What is this going to to do for me? How is this going to help me in some way, all right? It's going to help you. It's going to help you because it's going to refine you. It's going to challenge you. It's going to change you. It's going to hone you. It's going to chip some stuff off of you. It's going to break some stuff away from you. When we get outside of ourselves and outside of our safe and special little environment that we've created, some things happen to us, and they're good things, all right? They're, They're not easy things, but they are good things. And there, there, there are many of you, I, myself included, we've got to get outside of here. We've got to see the heart of God. And we've got to see the field that is in front of us. And we've got to begin to do those things that God has called us to do as a church. All right? And, and I'm, I'm going to be quite blunt with you today. God has not called you and I to come in here and just enjoy it and leave and forget about it. And then come back next week and repeat the performance. That's not, that's not the way it is. Alright? And here's another thing. I love all of you and I'm saying this to you in great love. God didn't call you to come in here and shake your head and agree with me and leave and live a duplicity. Alright? He's called you to agree with His Word. Alright? He's called you to agree with truth and then take that truth, make the personal application and go out and walk it out. Okay. So we really need to get our reason for serving straightened out, all right? It, it is the Lord God we serve, but we serve Him by going into the neighborhood, all right? We don't serve to impress others. And I found this the, one day. I was talking, uh, and, and I, I did this. It's terrible. This is, this, this is awful, and I wish I didn't have to say it to you. I wish I didn't have to confess it to you. But I'm in a group of pastors, and these pastors all have fairly large churches, and some of them are in this community, and some of them are in others, you know, but they got churches of 500 and 800 and 1200 people in them, and they're talking about what they're doing in their churches, you know, and well, we went out, and we built, you know, a church, and we, we, we got this huge center for our youth, and we've got a, a gym, and all this, this stuff, and we're, we're doing this, and we're doing that, and this other church, we have an unbelievable ministry and outreach. And we use sports to do that. So we built, you know, this field and that field. And, and then this other, we are teaching church. And we built a whole wing of our church. And we have classrooms, state-of-the-art equipment. We have every, everybody, you know, can, can just come in. We've got, we've got big screens. And it's just amazing what we can do. The technology is phenomenal, you know. And I'm sitting there, you know. And I'm knowing that it's going to come around to me. Well, we didn't do all of that. We left all of that as a matter of fact. We went downtown where it's tough. We went down in the area where it requires a lot of gut-wrenching prayer. I was saying things. I'm. Mean, what am I doing? I don't have a motive to reach lost people. I want to make myself look better. So I have to walk away from there and go, God... You have got to do something to me because I am ugly. Thank you for not saying amen. I'm ugly. This is not good. This is not you. I don't. Right now, Jesus, you're over there somewhere, and I'm way over here. Draw me to you, Let, let me get to you. I have a wonderful testimony I want to share with you sometime about me drawing close to Jesus and the transformation and this vision that God gave me about that. But I want to change. I want, I, I want, I want to become more like you, Jesus. I want, and, and, and that's going to happen as I get close to you. See, when we're operating not like Jesus, it probably is a good indicator that we're not real close to him. And so I want to challenge you. Check your motives. Understand why you're doing what you're doing. I believe that God wants to get our motives right. I don't believe that God wants you to check out. All right? I don't believe that God God wants you to to say, no, I, I don't want to do that or I can't do that. I believe God wants you to do that. I believe He wants you to commit to this thing. I believe He wants us to do this. All right? Now, here's the second thing I want you to understand. You need to expect difficulty if you're going to serve. Sloan makes this this bold request. Jesus responds, and he responds rather bluntly to her, I think. He says, you don't know what you're asking. And then it's directed to to the two brothers, and he says, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? And what Jesus is is really saying here is, you don't have a clue. You You don't get it here. All right? And, and, and the cup, of course, is symbolic that Jesus is speaking of. It's very symbolic of suffering and affliction. Of, of difficulty, of things, things that, that will come. Matthew 26, verse 39. My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And then in John eighteen eleven, Jesus says to Peter, Put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? And he says to these two guys, Can you drink this cup? Yep, yeah, we can. We need to think very soberly and very seriously about what we are doing and what we are called to do for the kingdom of God. And it is, it is not right or good for us to put ourselves out there without a clear understanding that we are called to serve. And serving means a price will be paid. And it will not be easy necessarily. And there can be difficulty. Now, now we don't always know in advance how much we're going to suffer. But I, I think we do we do know that if we are serious about following, I hope you know, that if you are serious about following Christ and serving Him wholeheartedly, you're going to face some difficulty. Philippians chapter 1, verse 29. It has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for Him. Suffer for Him. Now, now... James didn't suffer long, but but he lost his life as the first of the twelve to be martyred. Now, hold on. I'm not advocating that you're going to go out there and lose your life in in the literal sense of the word. I think you need to lose your life in here. I think you need to crucify yourself in here. And you need to make room for God to begin to do things in you so that you can go out. All right? So so if you're you're serious about serving, you've got to get ready to suffer, all right? And here's the thing. I think we in the church as leaders, we've done a huge disservice by promising you as believers, all right, as fellow Christians, that life is going to be trouble-free and that we're going to be promoting ministry as simple as a piece of cake. Uh, No, it's going to cost you to serve Christ. And the cost of discipleship is this, that you die, that you lay down your life, and you follow him, and you be like him. Here's the third thing that I'd like to bring up to you this morning, and that is that you put others first. This is where it starts to really hit the road. The rubber hits the road. When the ten heard about this, it's interesting how they responded. They were upset. The Bible says they became indignant. That word indignant sort of means to be greatly afflicted. (laughs) they were afflicted by the two brothers. All right? They weren't... This is, this is what's so interesting. They weren't appalled by the brothers' lack of understanding of true servanthood here, but they were mad that these two got to Jesus first. <laughs> Wait a minute. How could they do that? They, you mean they already went in there and asked for the first seat? Ah! And I, and I, and I love... What Jesus does here in this passage. If you, if you go back and look at, at verse 25, I believe it is. Just look at it in your Bible, verse 25. Yeah, I love this. All right, so here's the mom and she says, put both my boys right up under your armpits, Jesus. That's where they belong. They're right there with you. All right, seats of authority, seats of position, the closest to you. They're the best. The others are going, What? They even got their mom to go in there with them? That's sick. Aren't they men enough to go by themselves? And What about us? What about the rest of us? Where, Where does that leave us? We don't even have a chance now. Verse 25. Jesus called them together. That That little statement just, it, it, I don't know what the right word is. I'm undone by it. He could have said, oh man, I gotta take this woman aside and teach her some stuff. She's just totally ridiculous. You know, come, lady, come on, we're going and, excuse me, everybody, I gotta take this lady in the back room and talk to her, straighten her out, rebuke her. No, you know what I better do? I better take these two immature boys that I picked, that I shouldn't have picked, and straightened them out. Get over here, guys. What is wrong with you? No, the truth is the whole bunch is just a mess. The rest of you, what, what's with the ten of you? You're just as bad as these. I'm, I, I, I quit with all of you. I'm done. I'm going to just start over. Jesus called them together. You know what it's like when the Gentiles Lord? You know you know what it's like when authority is misused? You know what it's like when stuff happens. (laughs) And then this is what he says. Not so with you. Not so with us. You see, in my kingdom, remember the upside down kingdom? In my kingdom, we don't come to be served. We come to serve. In my kingdom, the first will be the last. You see, here's what, here's, here's what Jesus did. And I'm, I'm going to totally paraphrase this now. This is Bill's view. Jesus said, hey guys, whoa, wait a minute. Time out. Mom, sons, brothers... Come here. Come around me. Get close to me. want you to be like me. And he says, it's different for us. You know know how the Gentiles do it. It doesn't work. It's wrong. It's selfish and self-centered and it's motivated and driven by all of that wrong motive stuff. Come in here you're going to serve if you're going to walk with me you're going to serve we didn't come to be served it's not who I am I emptied myself out and took on the form of a servant the first going to be last the last going to be first he brought them together here's what I want you to understand I, I don't know exactly how we're going to reach this neighborhood all right we use that term probably more generic than we than we should right now. But you know, there's an area that we've plotted out and we want to impact that area because we are here and, and, and it, it, this church is accessible to those people in the parameters of what we have laid out, which we feel is a very logical and sensible approach, but we also believe it's from the Holy Spirit. And so we're walking and praying in this area here. You know, right? But, but, but you and I, we, we can't reach this neighborhood if we are not unified. We can't reach this neighborhood if we can't come together. And I think that's what Jesus is doing, is Jesus is calling us together. He's calling you. I, I don't think you came here by mistake. I don't think, even if you came here uh, 20 years ago or or whatever, 20, yeah, we've been a church for 20 years. Or if you just popped in today and God's speaking to your heart and saying, Yeah, I'm pulsing with you guys. My heart's beating with you. I get this. I understand this. Or somewhere in between. Doesn't matter where, where God brought you from or what you experienced uh, back then. None of that is, is an issue now. What is an issue now is God has a heart for a, a, a lot of people and they are in this neighborhood and He's put us here. And so now we have to go out there and reach them. And that's going to happen in unity with one another. I'm going to need to, to move along here. I, uh, I want to do something. I want to pray Here's a principle that, that, that I want you to get. If we, if we become truly great, then we must give up personal rights and serve others. Greatness is not being known. Greatness is not doing more. Greatness is not getting anything. Greatness is not having a reputation, all right? We need to be repeatedly reminded that our central ambition, all right, is to minister to people, not to be admired by them. Do y'all get that? All right? The whole goal is that we minister to people. We're not building something here so that we can be admired by others. All right? and, and God's ways are very different than our ways. And here, here's some of the contrasts. All, right? All of these are from the book of Matthew. Matthew 16, 25. To gain your life, you must lose it. Matthew 18, 3. To experience eternal life, you must have the faith of a child. Regardless of what your age, you've got you to be like a child. All right? Matthew nineteen twenty one To receive, you first give. And then Matthew twenty twenty six To be great, you must be a servant. And then look down at verse 28. He says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. I think this is one of the most precious sayings of Jesus in all of Scripture. And Jesus is both our example and our motivation for what we do. Dave Thomas, he's the founder of Wendy's. He died recently, a while back. Um, I, I remember, I used, I used to really like Wendy's, and I used to like their commercials. And, and uh, so I, I watched Dave, but then I found out he was a Christian, and so I, I admired him um, because he was a Christian, but, but he once appeared on the cover of one of their annual reports. You know, every year they put out their annual report of their earnings and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he was dressed. This is how he was dressed. The, the picture says that, or the, the article says that he was dressed in a knee-length work apron holding a mop and a plastic bucket. I, I Googled it. On, you can see it online. He's, he's there. He's got a bucket and a mop and this, this, this um, apron thing, you know. And he, he, he describes the picture himself And he says, I got my MBA long before my GED. And he says, at Wendy's, MBA does not mean Master of Business Administration. It means mop bucket attitude. And he says, I learned that from the master model, which is Jesus, that I would prefer others over myself. Matthew 27:24 gives you a little little picture of something that I think is really sad. I think I think that's the right verse. Anyway, Pilate says, "Bring me a bucket or bring me a basin." This is what you've all said about this man Jesus. This is the conclusion that you have of the matter of Jesus. And so when he saw that he wasn't getting anywhere with these people and they're all getting upset, it says he took water. He comes out, he's got his bucket, all right. Some guy can you hold this? One of his little servants brings it out, alright? He says, Bring bring me the bucket, alright? So the guy comes out and he brings the bucket to him, and this is what he does in front of all the people. He puts the water in the bucket. Puts his hands in there. I wash my hands clean of this. That's what he's saying. I have nothing else to do with this thing. I have nothing else to do with this Jesus. Thank you, Pastor. Nothing at all. That's bucket theology. What are you going to do with what Jesus is calling you to do? What are you going to do with the message to go and make disciples? Can you come here? Please? You trust me? All right. I'm moving this over. I'm setting this aside. I'm turning this chair. Would you sit down in that chair, please? See, Jesus just turns it all upside down. The disciples are all about where they're going to be positionally and what's going to go on. And Jesus goes and He gets the bucket. He gets the basin. He comes with the water and He pours the water into the basin. Could you remove your shoe, please? And your sock. And Jesus comes out, it says, and He kneels before His disciples. Those who are closest to Him And He takes their feet and He begins not to remove Himself but to serve. And He begins to wash their feet. Can I talk to you for a minute? I've known you for a long time. And I saw God take you through a lot of things. And some of those things were very, very embarrassing and very hard and very difficult for you and your family I asked John if he would give me permission to do this and to, to ask him questions today hard questions and he said yes not, not a problem you uh you almost lost your family didn't you yes. you were taking crack yes. you uh you traveled a lot of places, and you were basically an infidel. Yes. And uh, you served some time in yes. prison. Mm-hmm. When you were growing up, John, how many daddies did you have? Seven. Seven different fathers. Mm-hmm. By the time, what? How old were you when? By the time you were 15, you had seven different dads, and so you were averaging a dad every couple of years. And some of them beat you. your other foot, please? And out of that came a life of running and, and drugs and alcohol and infidelity and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you found Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus washed away all that sin. Would you all join with me and let's pray right now? And I want to pray for this neighborhood. God, as I sit here symbolically and I wash this man's feet, a man who has known a life of infidelity, a man who's filled his life with drugs and alcohol and, and all kinds of crazy things, a man who's been abused and who had so many different examples of what a father shouldn't be. Yet you drew him by your Holy Spirit and he came to you. And in life, church, you have become his father. And you have loved him and his wife. You have restored their marriage to a beautiful place. You've given them strength as a family. And you've given him the ability to love you. You've restored his business. You've done so many things for this man. God, there are so many in this neighborhood who could identify with this man in every way possible. They don't have dads. They don't have good dads. They don't have lives that are, that are complete. They are filled with fear and, and, and rage. And they're, they're looking for anything to sedate them God would you reach into this neighborhood right now and would you touch this neighborhood's heart and put particular people would you bring them to us God and would you help us that we will humble ourselves and that we will not wash our hands clean of what is here but we will serve in whatever capacity possible in Jesus name you can put your shoes on and you can go back and sit down Duane where are you come up here please You have big old shoes on, Dwayne. Can you take them off? Is that okay? Is that easy to do? Oh my goodness, look at this. Why do you wear these big shoes? Do you ride a motorcycle? Once in a while. Once in a while, yeah. Dwayne. Were you incarcerated? Several times. Will you tell me how many times? Five. Five times you've been incarcerated. Are you willing to tell me some of the things you did? Um, several DWIs. Uh, Drinking, driving, driving. And driving uh, yeah. Three simple assaults on law enforcement. So angry. You were an angry man. Duane also gave me permission to talk to him today. Did you give me your foot? That created other problems? Family life? State came in and removed my children? Took them from you for how long? Um, about nine months. Nine months? You didn't get to see them, did you? Or did you Uh, State state visitation. State visitation, controlled visitation. Would you help me pray right now for this neighborhood? God, there are children in this neighborhood and they don't have their daddies or their mommies. There's stuff that's going on because there's people here in this neighborhood, God, that they want to do right, but they're so angry. So much has happened in their life that's skewed their heart and hurt them and out of their woundedness they're hurting other people there are people that are just drinking their life away and they can't make good choices and they can't do right things god and it endangers the lives of others god and so lord i just i pray for them god in the name of jesus and there's so many people god in this neighborhood who they're in prison right now even though they're walking the streets they're already in prison because their hearts are just hard and tied up And only you can take those chains away. Only you can break open their God and do something and save them from literal incarceration, God. And so, Lord, I just thank you for for Duane here. And I just pray, Lord, that just as you broke the chains off his heart, just as you released him and gave him a heart Lord to share the gospel with others Lord that you will do the same for more people I thank you for the tremendous hunger that is in this man's heart to know your word and to know truth God and I just pray in the name of Jesus Lord that even as I wash his feet and dry them here Lord that you would wash clean people in this neighborhood God that you would bring people their way who could love them and could look beyond the circumstances that they're in and say this is a person who needs to be served. This is a person who needs to be loved. In Jesus' name. You can take your shoes, Dwayne, and you can go back and sit down. Come here, Ryan. Please. The Holy Spirit must have told you I was going to do this. You wore flip-flops today. You made it easy. Would you give me your foot, Ryan? Ryan, you don't, you don't have all that stuff to tell. But boy, you tried so hard to perform, didn't you? You wanted to be the best. You worked really hard to be a great wrestler, <laughs> to be tough. You wanted everybody to see you a certain way. Yeah? Why? Why? Isn't it crazy how the heart just does stuff? Yeah. yeah. But you worked really hard at it and you were, you were very diligent to do it and you were determined. It's crazy how that carries over into faith, isn't it? And so sometimes your identity gets caught up just in, in, in all this wanting to do it right, do it perfect and do it the best. Yeah. Faith is not always real, is it? Sometimes it's empty for people who just want to perform. And God has to get a hold of their hearts, doesn't he? You're a very passionate man. You're very intense. But all that didn't get you anything until you found Jesus, did it? That right. was in college? Senior year Se- of high school. Senior year of high school, yeah. But the amazing thing is that, that God grabbed a hold of you and shifted everything. And so you you got a Heavenly Father. And uh, you've been following Him ever since. It's amazing. You're... Your your whole testimony is built around strength. <laughs> but there's a false security in depending on yourself, isn't there? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's hard lessons to learn, just like other things. But it's easier to hide, isn't it? Yeah, cuz you look good. You look like you're exactly what everybody wants. There you go. Yeah. Would you pray with me about this neighborhood? God, there are these people in this neighborhood today, Lord, and they just want to be tough. (laughs) They want to look strong. They want to put up that defense, God. They want everybody to think that that's it and that they got it together when, when really down inside there's a longing for something more. There's something that they need, God. They're missing the right kind of passion and the right kind of zeal, God. That comes only from the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And I want to pray for these people, God, in the name of Jesus. I want to pray, Lord, that today that you just subdue them, Father. And that they lay down that that desire or that, that fallacy that they have to take care of themselves. And that they have to be tough. And I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you give them the same kind of passion that you gave Ryan, Lord, a desire to, to, to lay down everything else and follow after you and that a personal reputation isn't it anymore, God. And I pray, Lord, that they would be freed from that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Ryan. You can go and sit down. you can wash your hands clean or you can wash feet. What will you do is the question.